I'm here with Chad Hilton and he is the founder of Active Cannabis, which is a company that specializes in CBD compounds and um, CBD products, right? That's correct. So CBD is cannabidiol and it's a cannabis compound that has significant health benefits but does not make people feel stoned due to the absence of THC, which is tetrahydrocannabidiol. The fact that CBD is non-psychoactive uh, makes it an appealing option for people looking for relief from inflammation, pain, anxiety, seizures, and other conditions. So, yeah, okay, so THC is most what, what most people know of cannabis, and not a lot of people, I think, know CBD. Right, exactly. So... To be clear, cannabis is marijuana, and that is the magic ingredient that makes marijuana so uh, popular and more well-known. And CBD is the other compound that does not have the psychoactive effect, So, and it does have a wide range of health benefits for people. And um, I can imagine like a lot of people who want to try CBD, they probably think about whether there's still some risk if it's filtered out that there are some THC left or something that they could get, you know, some minimal effect of getting, you know, the psychoactive effect and not only the relaxing effect. Is it is that the fact or is there like, um, is there some guarantee that the filtering process is very clear and, and effective? Right. This is a good point. There are plants that contain 0% THC and oh, CBD. Really? And CBD is extracted from those plants. There are also plants that have THC, and then the THC is filtered out. There's going to be products containing everything in between mm -hmm. in terms of CBD and THC ratio. And that's why I recommend always use products that come with results that are lab certified so that you know what you're getting in terms of these combinations and you can really figure out what works best for you. Okay, so definitely, you know, like really reading the description and, um, you know, buying it from a trustful company like Active Cannabis, for example. Exactly. So we carry products, for instance, here in California, we're able to do work with a distribution company that does have THC and the CBD ratio. There are tinctures, for instance, that have lab certified results that show it's five to one CBD THC ratio, 20 to one, you know, and, and everything in between so that you can find a balance that works for you and then also there are other natural ingredients that are in these products as well that have uh, health benefits so it's really about finding what works for you and navigating the marketplace and that's one thing that we're helping people with is connecting the best products in the market to people that are going to benefit from them the most okay so i can also i can definitely hear that you have to you have to kind of also educate yourself a little to be on the safe side. Right. I think 
anytime you're dealing with something that's going to be psychoactive or mind altering, and this includes alcohol or any other substance, you want to be responsible with it and know what you're getting yourself into. That's what's great about CBD products that Mm. have 0% THC is that you don't have to worry about any psychoactive effects at all. You're really just getting the medicinal benefits of the plant rather than that uh, any sort of mind-altering mm-hmm. substance. And, you know, talking about the effects of CBD, what are the actual effects when I consume it compared to THC? So what do I feel when I, after, you know, I've, con- I've, I've dr- you know, had a drink with it or something like that? Well, first of all, everyone's different. So we're all going to react a little bit different to taking CBD. Mm-hmm. But there has been uh, widespread positive benefits in, in regards to anxiety. Study mm-hmm. have shown it to reduce stress. It induces sleep in cases of insomnia. It's improved symptoms of PTSD. It decreases the physiological effects of anxiety. It has anti-seizure effects. Mm -hmm. Um, Looking at a statement here, the American Epilepsy Society states that cannabidiol research offers hope for seizure disorders, and that research is currently being conducted to better understand safe use. It's treating... um, Alzheimer's disease, multiple sclerosis, Parkinson's disease. So it has a calming effect to the body. It helps with inflammation, anxiety. And those are really the, really the main things. And then also pain relief. The effects of CBD on your, on your brain's receptors also help you manage pain. And even studies have shown that it's helped benefits um, with certain treatments, for example, chemotherapy. It's helped offset some of the uh, negative effects of that. Oh, wow. It definitely has some medical usage there, right? Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, you know, just listing those major uh, uh, conditions there, you know, including epilepsy. Epilepsy has been a very big one. I actually have a few customers at Active Cannabis (laughs) that have really had huge positive benefits and um one of our very first customers george is has epilepsy and he's cut his medication Mm. in over in over half he says since getting on a regular cbd routine wow that's it's really 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 good to have something like that you know grow and to have the industry grow and have more people Right. And you can see that it is a bit of a challenge to relay any specific type feeling of CBD because it is such a a wide ranging Mm -hmm. thing that has all these different health benefits. So it's really about navigating, again, the marketplace and seeing what works best for what, you know, there's going to be, you know, high concentration dosages that work great for uh, certain people, and then maybe mm. light dosages and a different method that work best for others. So it's really about 
getting knowledge and information to people, helping them understand it. And even on top of that, if there's some way that we can inspire them to do better and um, on top of this improvement that they're trying to make. Because I think if someone's reaching out and getting CBD, more often than not, they're trying to feel better or they're trying to better themselves or they're trying to find a better balance in some way. So it's important that we uh, treat that with respect and do our best to, to deliver and continue on. Oh, yeah, man. And, um, you know, something which really interests me is um, there's a, are there certain ways that people consume it? Is it, is it, you know, is there one way or different ways that people tend to take it? There are multiple ways to take it. There is the most popular way that we sell is in an oil or tincture form, which is a dropper that you put under your tongue and it really doesn't taste like much. It's just a MCT based mm -hmm. oil and that uh, that's the most popular. Then there's also capsules, gummies, topical creams. Just like food basically. I mean, is it right? Is there and then also uh, also uh, vape vaping, uh, which is, that's probably uh, a popular one, I guess. Right. So that's really where the oil is heated up enough to not combust and turn into a flame, but just enough mm. to turn into vapor. And then you inhale the vapor uh, on a uh, what's called a vape pen, people call them, or vaporizer. And then you inhale the oil, and then that's the CBD delivery that way, which is also a really popular way. Oh, interesting. I uh, recently watched a documentation on uh, Netflix about the whole you know, topic, and it's been really interesting. They've talked about how um, basically it goes a little back to what you've said in the beginning, that there are... It depends on you know the different plants um there are some plants that only have cbd some have thc and cbd and one statement that they brought up is that you know over the last century there has been a mutation or some you know some mutation that the cannabis plants have a very very high thc but um but but very very low cbd You know, is this a problem for your industry or is it making everything more difficult or is there also another side of it? What's your point of view on that? The reality of it is, is people are getting better at growing and they're getting better at filtering out CBD and THC. Mm. So when I say better growing, yeah, they are producing plants that have higher THC content, but... I think that just makes sense to do, if, especially if you're harvesting now the oils from the plant. They're going to um, really have that toolkit to grow plants with high TH song, THC content, low mm. CBD. I don't doubt that THC content has gone up in since recent history or you know a few decades back especially and i see i've seen that referenced as well and i think that's yeah pretty common knowledge now that uh, marijuana can be very very uh potent compared to what it used to be but also what that means leo is that you can consume a lot less of the actual plant 
and still have the same effect. So really it's about a dosaging thing rather than it being a problem. Mm. And then you could also really, that's a correlation you can make with alcohol too in terms of the percentage of alcohol or proof versus oh, the... Oh yeah, I see that point. That's like... Okay. But but then maybe um, it's important to... I'm, but I'm not sure. Is it in America that um, there are some... You know some informations on the you know on the on what you get like how much thc does it contain is it something are there companies that measure that yeah there are uh, third-party laborate laboratories that test the thc content and a lot of these places will send their product there to have it tested and then that way there's a non-biased um you know, third party lab okay. result for the consumer. Was that was that your question? I think yeah, I, yeah. I, ju I just thought, you know, because if it becomes a dosaging thing, maybe the most important thing is to know how much, you know, how much doses you get, how much THC you have. Absolutely. And that's been a an issue in the past where someone eats, for instance, a brownie or an edible that <laughs> they didn't know where it came from or it was made and, you know, it had too much in it or the dosage was way too high. So yeah, then they have a horrible point, experience. Exactly. That's really where people will get themselves in the trouble usually is with the edibles and they'll they'll eat it and they'll just get a little too too stoned, if you will. And that's that's never a good thing. So now to your point, yeah, everything is labeled all the milligrams of THC and CBD are on there and there are strict regulations and policies in California now regulating uh, these types of uh, things that we have to relay in terms of information about the products. Yeah, maybe that's also, I mean, that's probably why legalization of the product is probably the best way, I think. So, you know, you know what you get and it's all fine and people just have a better experience from it and there's more safety all around the industry. Right. Now people have the ability to pick up that chocolate bar or um, the cannabis, you know, that they're going to ingest and see exactly what's in it, the percentage of THC, the percentage of CBD, see that it's free of any toxins or pesticides or anything like that yeah. and feel comfortable about what they're going to eat or consume hey um most you know most people i cannot imagine what kind of people um buy buy the product mostly is it like mostly uh, medical patients or are there also other people you know what kind of customers Uh, you mostly having I think we touched on a bunch of the medical but I think one thing we haven't really talked about is the athletic and performance crowd which really have been taking advantage of the anti-inflammatory properties of the topical creams mm. and then also taking the oil as well we actually have a gym on the in Playa del Rey locally here <laughs> that is carrying our Uh, products. They are carrying the CBD salve, which is a, a rub like an on-spot muscle treatment that you rub into the muscle and CBD gets into the uh, bloodstream and body that way. And then also a CBD lotion and then also the CBD tincture that we talked about. 
and they uh, just actually got some more of the CBD lotion today, which was a great, great sign for us because it is a bit of a new venture and account for us, and it's great to work with those guys on it and see the great feedback from their uh, gym, gym clients. Wow, crazy! I mean, most people, you know, actually, most people probably think when they when they think about the plant and the industry, they think that the people that take it are people that you know are very lazy and they are which are which you know don't get up in the morning, are very sleepy and everything and. It seems like with the customer groups, you know, like athletics and everything, it's a completely, you know, different picture of it, different scene somehow. Right. And you touched on really one of the main points of the business and the company, which is to break that stereotype mm. of the, you know, lazy, unproductive cannabis user. <laughs> it's really and a stereotype really also in Germany. Right. But in reality, if you look around, you know, there are plenty of successful people that use cannabis in a variety of ways, you know, whether it's recreationally or medically. And we've seen throughout history, you know, many examples of very successful, thoughtful, creative, responsible people that consume cannabis, like I said, in, in a variety of ways. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, over the, you know, when you look back in history and everything, maybe that's also one reason why the laws have changed, you know, uh, in California and so on. By the way, how is it right now with the laws? I mean, are there some, um, because, you know, from Germany, I don't have the definite view of the laws right now. Can you maybe give me a little insight uh, into that? Into California? Yeah, and, and is it, I mean, it's only certain states in, in America which allow that, right? Right. I can give you a brief history yeah, of things. Yeah, just a brief one. Sure. In 1996, California became the first state to legalize medical use of cannabis. Then in 1998, two years later, Oregon, Alaska, and Washington legalized medical use. Then over the years until 2012, about 20 more states mm -hmm. approved medical marijuana. And then at which point Colorado became the first state in the United States to legalize recreational use. And today I believe there are nine states that have legalized recreational use. And there are about 30 medical um, law, uh, states that have legalized Hey, sorry for the question, May might be a dumb question, but what does, you know, recreational usage exactly uh, define? No problem, not a bad question at all. That just means, um, for instance, how we can uh, buy alcohol. So recreational means non-medical. So oh, okay, at your okay. or, you know, you could just uh, buy it, you know, like you would buy a soda or a, or a beer. <laughs> okay, nice. And um, so you've, you've, we've talked about the customer, the kind of customer groups and so on, and um, about the law situation in America. Um, where are most of the customers? I mean, I've, we've talked a little bit before and um, got to know that it is, and I've researched it, it's an online shop, your business. 
So you're often also sending the product to people, right? And all around the world, I guess. Well, we're doing United States CBD sales right now. We're not allowed to sell THC products outside of California. But uh, CBD, we've done United States. I have explored internationally, but I have not been able to uh, put that together yet just with, you know, shipping regulations oh, and that sort of work. thing. But uh, I do get inquiries on social media and uh, people reach out to me from all over the world to uh, ask about CBD and see if they could gain access. So I wish I could help more in certain instances, but right now we're focusing mm -hmm. on, on getting uh, access to people that we know that we can get it to. Yeah, I mean, especially for the medical usage, it's, it, it's really a good solution, I guess. Right. And also, it. I wanted to go back to California. You had asked about the California culture of things, but it mm. has been a rapidly evolving industry as far as a, a much newer rapidly industry for the fitness crowd and for people using it to recover and athletics. I think that's been the newest thing that I've seen. Before, it was more medical and it was more recreational, but now people are really seeing the benefits and, you know, it's, and it's spreading. I think once people find out that it's helping someone else, mm. then they're more, like, they're more likely to take it. And then if your friend or your mother-in-law or sister or whatever starts taking it and feeling better, then it's funny how quick people's perceptions can change. And it's surprising sometimes to see Uh, see that change. But I think ultimately information, education, and transparency is the best way. The more information and studies that we get out and the more, I guess, detailed we can be with the treatment, yes. and just the more more we can progress in this industry is, is the better. And the wrong answer is to keep it in the dark and to not do studies and to not get feedback from people and listen. And, you know, what, what we're really doing is listening to the market and listening to customers on the front lines and seeing how it's helping people. So we're just we're doing the right thing in the moment and we're helping people and we really have to be there to deliver when, you know, they need it again or when they need to continue their routine or they need to you know, help somebody out. So it is uh, something we take seriously and, and, but we also have a lot of fun with it. So that's where I think the, the purpose, purpose and fun intersect. I think you could have something very special and hopefully that's mm -hmm. what we're doing and we can, you know, launch that into something great and, and help out a lot of people. Yeah. A um, quick question. What was, you know, starting a company like that like i i wonder i mean it's um from my standpoint it seems like this is a more different company than than most other companies to to start with and what was the experience like when you started the company what did people think and did you did you have any special special stories about that right i view starting this company as really just part of a long road It, as my experience in the industry, you know, I think I've spent, you know, over 10 years in the industry now and starting mm -hmm. active 
cannabis has really just been the latest milestone in that venture, but it is the thing that I'm most excited about. And I feel like I'm bringing a lot of lessons and a lot of experience and background into this position that I'm in now. There is no one thing to do to start a business or a company. It really is just taking the steps to making it happen. And that's really from day one, having a humble approach, getting in the industry, learning it, asking questions, putting yourself around people you want to emulate and you think are in the direction that you want to head. So it's really about learning a lot about the market and the people, right? It's everything. If you want to, in terms of starting a business, it truly is everything that you can grasp and understand and learn. And you really have to have that open mindset of being very well-rounded and, and bringing professionalism to it. You know, there's no, there's no real winging it and just, kind of halfing it i think if you want to if you want to start and run a business then you have to you have to understand the responsibility of the statement that you're making and understand what that encapsulates and i think uh that is something that uh i think a lot of it, a bit about and it's a challenge that i like to get myself up for and it's really uh one of the driving things about what what pushes me forward in this i love hearing that i mean in 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 today's time it's been such a i feel like everybody's calling himself an entrepreneur or a businessman and kind of loses some value to to, to you know to, to really start a company is uh, is really hard and it's really really cool to hear that from you what it really mm -hmm. means to to start a company and that it's really hard work and it's not that easy and it's also a lot of I, I guess a lot of risk and so on because you have you have to pay people you have a lot of you have a lot of responsibility and often probably a lot of pressure right right and one thing that you're doing as an entrepreneur is you're constantly looking for problems to solve which create the opportunity for the business mm -hmm. and you're really constantly looking to disrupt the current order of things to make them better so really it's it's a lot of analyzation it's a lot of intuition it's a lot of seeing things when other people don't see them so you have to be able to take your place somewhere that you really just believe in yourself and you don't care what other people think or are saying necessarily. I mean, you can value other people's opinions and, and take them into account, but you have to know what you're in it for and be willing to work really hard and take lessons on for what they are and, and uh, have that attitude of you're, you're either you're either winning or, or you're learning, you know, you're not, you're not losing, you're constantly learning lessons and, and pushing yourself forward. So I know these are, a lot of these are cliche statements, but they're there for a reason. And yeah, they're so, actually true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's like, I've just heard like recently the statement that um, you have to have a thick and a 
uh, thin skin to survive in business. Meaning like you have to somehow listen to people's opinions and you have to, you know, find in, in what they say, which is often quite hard, find the statement in their critique that is really, you know, which is right, which you have to take by heart and use to improve. But you also have to notice what's wrong or, you know, what's just plain bad criticism, which is not really, you know, which is not helpful for you and just dragging you down. Right, right. You have to be honest with yourself and where you're at and what kind of work you've put in and what you have to offer. And the truth is the truth and you have to realize your limitations and and get better and, you know, have that mindset that you're just going to uh, continue forward and, and keep working hard. There's going to be obstacles that come up all the time, nagging issues and things that fall on your plate and always mm. things that you can get upset about or things that could, you know, let ruin your day constantly. But ultimately, there is no other alternative that, you know, this is this is it. This is what I want to do to be to have a creative outlet, have that purpose and fun intersect where work and play are the same. That's really a goal for me. And I hope this is uh, making sense. I'm kind of rambling now. About <laughs> my, uh, yeah, yeah, no, of course. I, I mean, probably most people, you know, actually, you know, I speak for myself. What I, what I think most is most hard, most difficult for a company in the beginning is, is probably finances, for example, when you start the company and you think about, you know, how can I pay my first employee? How can I at all get money for my company? Do I have to, you know, there are like certain options. Do I work like for a certain time and save up money or do you go to investor and take the risk? And it's, what's your thought on that? Is it, you know? I'm glad you said that. For me, a big thing is limiting your downside or not having much of a risk factor. So, mm -hmm. Many people view business as something that you need to pour a bunch of money into or you need to have backing, you need to have investors, you need to have a huge plan. My approach is keep it lean, keep it small, work extremely hard, listen to the market, build it brick by brick. And it's amazing when you dedicate yourself to repetition and doing the right thing and being consistent. Mm. how quickly those little things add up to an actual business. And then you have a foundation, a real foundation of a business rather than just an idea of on paper or you have money set aside or someone gave you money to do a plan or whatever it may be. I think the strength in a business to me is in the in the numbers in the grassroots foundation of the business and the loyalty and the story that you're telling and how are you growing and how are you operating and these are some thoughts that i have on on growing a business from a smaller approach that and this is also out of necessity where i've i've really had to operate and grow that way as opposed to having a lot of money or backing or anything types of loans it's come from side jobs or me working uh, other jobs in the past and just 
like I said, living a, a lifestyle where you can take risks and mm. and take those ventures and, and run with them and, and have some freedom rather than living above your means and going that route because then you're not going to have much time or energy to put into any sort of side project or oh, ambition. Yeah. yeah, something very important you're saying. Probably maybe also that if you, you know, if you have a lot of risk um, when you're doing the business, you, you know, you depend on investors and such, you probably also miss a little of the creative process because you cannot be that creative. You have to, you know, be very strict with the business and just, you know, go forward, go fast, be fast, don't, you know, have not so much opportunity to experiment. Maybe that's also a bad factor for the business. Right. I think you're right. And it can be, it can add on a certain element of influence or outside influence. When I feel like right now, the business is very fragile at a young point and you really have to communicate the brand and take care of the, the message and, and take care of your people and customers. Mm. And that's what we want to do with this company. And that's how we'd want to keep it forever. And there's no, we don't want, we don't want outside influence to diminish the yeah. uh the intention or the message we want to keep <clears throat> keep our core values really strong and and grow that way and i think we'll be taken care of just through practicality and and doing good business and treating people the right way and hopefully that will allow us the uh the path for success oh i definitely think so that's uh, from my standpoint the most important thing you know looking not looking forward to you know not looking for the money but looking for you know keeping up the value and keeping keeping the business you know um you know keeping the love in the business and and looking forward to to have a lot of value for people right and it's fun it's fun when you're going and you're helping people and getting great feedback and the industry i feel is growing in the right direction with a lot of new and young companies that are exciting and spreading a, a great message. For instance, uh, there's a company we work with called Made From Dirt, mm -hmm. which is kind of an interesting name, but they have a That's line a cool of topicals. Name. Yeah, it's cool. And they're uh, offering products that a line of topicals that have all natural ingredients as well we're working with them and um you know a wide range of companies that are doing exciting things and the marketing is great and yeah uh, your marketing is also really great by the way i love the shirt i've already thought about getting one for my for here in germany all right well i i have one saved for you at the, and i <laughs> sent me one <laughs> you'll be the first person in germany with the active cannabis shirt I share the brand, really. <laughs> thank, thank you. Yeah, no, that's been really a driving force for everything is the brand and the, the value that we're trying to, to provide. And when you're able to do that, I feel like it's a special thing and we don't want to take it for granted. We want to work hard and continue to um, be grateful for the opportunity that we have 
to operate as a business and then also help people and keep connecting products and people in the marketplace the best way that we know how. Yeah, it's probably also what got you going and, and you know, even in bad times, what keeps you going probably, right? The people and the, the customers. Right. The vision of having something that provides value to people where I love it, that. It, it's, it's appreciated and, you know, we can all win from this relationship and the fact that we can help people and, and be an inspiration in any sort of way. Like we have real mm. gratitude for that and we take that seriously and we want to, again, deliver on, on everything that we can and hopefully keep spreading the message in, in that way. Nice. Hey, I'd like to ask you um, what in general are the, you know, I, I always look for, when I, when I talk to people, um, I always wonder, you know, what books do they read and what habits do they have? How did they develop to the persons that they became in the end? And I'd like to ask you also, um, what were the, for example, you know, the free books you'd recommend to someone or the free podcasts also? Sure. Uh, I'll start with, let's see, uh, podcasts. I'll give you a few for entertainment and for <laughs> okay. information, informative stuff. Uh, Tim Ferriss, I think we mentioned him. Mm. He's an amazing interviewer. He deconstructs people that have performed highly in all sorts of ventures. And he really gets into the details of what makes a person successful in so many. And I mean that in a well-rounded, balanced way, mm. you know, not just financial, which, you know, a lot of people directly go to that, but he really uh, picks people that are, are well-rounded and seem really to have it together. Another a person that I love listening to is Joe Rogan. Mm. He's a comedian. He's very funny, but he's also very open-minded. He has a lot of intellectual type guests on there. Um, a lot of very interesting topics. Gary V is very entertaining as well as informative. He's really uh, heavy on tech stuff and is really great for mm. podcasts, YouTube channel, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, everything, social media. And then also like motivator to the millionth degree, uh, unbelievable motivator, but also very practical and hands-on approach. Mm. Um, another person I've been listening to recently or the last few months is Tara Brock, and she has a meditation podcast, and she is a, an amazing communicator when it comes to calming the mind and setting your intentions and coming into really the now and, and appreciating um, where you're at right now. So she's helped me in the meditation realm as well. Oh, cool. Didn't know that you meditate. I do. I, I meditate regularly and I also have an accountability meditation partner Monday and Friday where we go down to the beach and meditate for about 25 minutes. And wow, often, that's a long time. Yeah, it is. I but can also barely do 10, minute, uh, do 10 minutes. <laughs> wow. Right. Well, 
where it starts, you know, then you can work work your way up. But that's great that that you meditate as well, and I think it provides a lot of insight and perspective. So she's great. And then a couple of technical shows that mm-hmm. I do, Shopify Masters is one. They have a lot of e-commerce tips and shows, podcasts. Mm-hmm. Another one is e-commerce fuel. Mm-hmm. Again, more, more technical and entrepreneurial setting up online stores, merchant accounts, things like that. And then uh, you asked about books. Oh, yeah. Uh, books are also. Do you, by the way, do you listen more to podcasts or read more books? What's the balance for you? Right now, it is more podcasts and audio books. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And a book that comes out to mind, that comes to mind right now, that hands down I think is one of the best books I've ever read is Principles by Ray Dalio. Oh, I, you know, I've just heard about the book in Kevin Rose's podcast yesterday. I'm not joking. Really? <laughs> It hunted me. The book hunted me. I've already heard about it yesterday. Wow. I definitely have to read it now. <laughs> You know, and, and yesterday they've already also said that's the best book they've ever read. <laughs> I think it's the best book that I've ever read. <laughs> What is it about, actually? I've never read a book that communicates so effectively the principles that it takes to be successful in so many realms of life. And he mm-hmm. he really lays it down in a practical way that you can understand but also in a very sophisticated and eloquent way and he's someone that's managed people on large large scale with huge success and also i like his humble his very humble approach to the book you know he doesn't mm. have an ego a large ego he doesn't act Like he's better. He doesn't really flaunt anything. He just presents everything in a very understandable manner. And the um, the title is appropriate with principles. And we principles are what we need to live by and understand to uh, to navigate where we want to be. And that's uh, and he's really big on meditation also, which is interesting. Wow. Uh, let's see another. Oh, Tim Ferriss, Tools of Titans, and what's the other one? Uh, the Four Awards. The other. That was the first one, but, but there was two uh, two recent ones. Uh, I'll think of it, or we'll we'll have to circle around to it. But yeah, <laughs> there's two that he that he really condensed into being um, amazing. Just he packs it in there so much great information into a short piece, which is true to Tim Ferriss style, right? Like being effective and efficient and what is going to provide the most value and the most impact in a short amount of time or a short amount of effort, which is brilliant. Yeah, and it's just, that's, uh, yeah that's his strength. Uh, tool, tribe of Mentors and Tools of Titans, I just uh, remember. Yeah. But I mean, basically, just order every book that you can get from Tim Ferriss. They are all great. <laughs> Exactly. Another <laughs> author I really like is Seth Godin. He has done some great books about 
personal ventures and business and is a, an amazing communicator, also has a great blog. Malcolm Gladwell is an amazing mm-hmm. author. He has written some books that I've read that are mind-blowing and make you think about things that you never would have thought of. And I think he's a, a brilliant person. And yeah, I think that's nice. covers. Yeah, I mean, if you if you now start listening to the podcast and you've already ordered the books already, you're set to go. Yeah, I think you have some reading material set for a no while. No excuses anymore then. <laughs> right, right. Hey, I've just wondered, you know, you um, you said you meditate. Are there also any, any other like certain habits you follow that you'd recommend to anybody? Sure. I, we, you know, we really push a, a balanced lifestyle. I mean, we, uh, I, I am up early in the morning. I think people have all sorts of patterns that they can follow and, and mm. be successful. But I think having an active lifestyle, stretching, yoga. Hey, what keeping... does your typical day look like? Sorry if I interrupt you. So what time do you get up and, and so what's your normal, you know, perfect day schedule you'd like to have? Sure. I'm up really early, usually five, five thirty AM. Wow. And yeah, and then I take care of things that really need to get done, any emails or that sort of thing. I'm jumping ahead of myself. I do have a list on an application called Evernote which is a to-do list. Evernote is an amazing app that you can download download on your phone and you have categories that you can place and it allows you to have a workflow that's incredible. It allows you to visualize and see your day. So I have a to-do list in Evernote and then I also have an app on my phone phone called the five minute journal that I learned about through Tim Ferriss, which is also a very good way to set your attentions for the day, have a few things that if you get accomplished, you're going to be happy about and you're going to feel accomplished. And it helps relieve some of the anxiety and uncertainty for the day. Now, I use the five minute journal somewhat consistently and still trying to get better with that maybe saying this on your podcast will actually be the thing that makes me more consistent with it but i'll tell you what the meditation accountability partner has really taught me that there's nothing like having someone sometimes waiting on you or that's going to be there to get you to show up so i think that's been a key for me on certain things is put yourself in a place where you have to make that appointment oh, put yourself yeah. so as a strategy like, you know if you really want to you know start a habit or uh, get a habit going you know if you want want to walk, walk every day get a walk partner and such right 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 exactly and then that brings me to the next part of my day where i like i was saying i take care of anything major that I can take care of, any orders that I need to place, any customers I really need to take care of for the day, take a peek at my schedule. And then once I'm sick of doing that, I will walk to the coffee shop and get a coffee. And there's some local community people there I like to talk to and hang out with and 
you know, that's a, always a good networking and fun thing to do and let people know what you have going on and see what they have going on and have a good community approach. And so, yeah, I walk back and forth to the coffee shop. I come back, I do some more work. Um, it's often unpredictable who I'm going to be meeting with or who I'm going to be talking with. So meetings throughout the day. And then I try to be efficient and effective through the day and improvise. So if if I need to batch up some items or if I can batch up slow amount of items mm. that I can efficiently get done, then I'll do that and I'll you know feel like that's a productive thing to do. Um, let's see. And then afternoon, two o'clock is usually when I get pretty tired. Sometimes I'll take a nap. I'll take an I'm hour nap. You. <laughs> if, if I'm feeling tired, like I feel what's the point of jumping into more work and putting myself in a position where I'm going to be dragging and not very productive when, if I take a nap or rest a little bit, then I'm going to come back a hundred percent motivated, rested, and I'll be that much more effective in the thing that I'm doing. So I really, if I'm doing something, I go a hundred percent. I feel like I go hard when I nap and I go hard when I work. And that's, that's just how I like to see the day and how I operate.